This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. That just being served up in nature. You're like a little bit odd, but like second nature. I don't know, just the superstitions that we come out and everything. Mm-hmm. And finally, just being one day, just like, hey, I just have to, like, what does that mean? Like, what, where does that even come from? Like, what is the root of it all? Hey, Nikki. Hey, Mika. What's the cheese What's the cheese is a podcast about Philippinex identity and Edmonton. I'm a new producer here at What's the Cheese Miss, and you have no idea just how stoked I am to be at Chismosa. Listen, I am built for this. <laughs> and the Cheese Miss I want to dive into today is. Oh, come in. Kuma in kanaba. So, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to get a little vulnerable here. You see, the chismis today stems from my personal journey in faith deconstruction. In the simplest way I can relay it, it's like this. Taking apart an idea, practice, tradition, belief, or system so that its foundation and truthfulness can be examined. It's been pretty strange, but rewarding nonetheless. Something I didn't expect, though, is that I've been feeling less and less Filipino ever since. I've always had this idea of what it means to be a Filipino, but I guess I just never realized that it included what I perceive to be spirituality and religion. I've never felt enough to claim the Filipino identity. I've always felt like an imposter. And especially now, This experience is only exacerbated by the fact that I haven't been in church culture in a really long time. So, was that it? Now that I no longer step into the doors of a church building, I'm also not allowed to be Filipino? So, what does it mean to be Filipinex? In a world that wages war against quote-unquote black magic and brujas, Where do we fit in protective charms, amulets, and rituals passed down from generation to generation? Where do we fit in the folktales, all the legends and myths that speak of our ancestors? In this episode, I sat down with Veronica Tamani, Daphne Budas, and Erica Suscundo to chat about our experiences, or lack thereof, with Filipinx folk healing, mythology, and superstitions. So if you don't mind sharing your full name and your pronouns. Okay. Uh, my name is Veronica Tamani. I am 
I go by she/her for my pronouns. Do you know your ethnic group or region that you or your family's from? Okay, so I'm not very good at this. <laughs> so my uh, mom's family is, I guess, like Central Luzon area. My dad's too around there, so mm-hmm. I don't. What would that be? I'm sorry. Oh, I don't. I don't even know. See, that's the thing. I don't even know either. I'm. <laughs> no, I think like I don't know. I just it's hard to get a straight answer out of them, and it just seems so. Uh, I don't know. Um, like I've asked a couple of times, but it never sticks. Oh. For some reason. Yeah. That's... Oh, I don't know why. I guess <laughs> I. No, like my Filipino identity has just been like completely, just erased almost. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like it's never been. I don't know. I've always been one of those kids who identified more with the the white folks. <laughs> awkward as hard to say honestly and I don't know if like going to public school has something to do with that or just like I just didn't have any Filipino friends growing up so it's it's kind of just I don't know it's just something that kind of got brushed aside for a really long time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like yeah I know where they're from I see Tagalog a little bit of Ilocano here and there and then I don't know my parents would always speak like English to me, basically. Mm. Like I don't, I only ever heard like Tagalog when I was like, I was in trouble, <laughs> or if they were like telling secrets and they wanted me not to understand, but I definitely did. So like, I got all the dirt on my family. It was great. <laughs> so so like, you also have cheese maze. <laughs> I, I have tons of cheese and um, yeah, I think they finally figured out that I maybe understand a little bit. And then, do you have a favorite OPM song? I, I'm not too sure if you are familiar with what that is. No. No. I don't, actually. No. It's, it's so shameful. No, no. And that's the thing that I want to get into is, what is that shame? What uh, is it? Oh, I don't know. It's there, though. Like, my my cousins, at least, like, with my, um, my cousins who lived in the Philippines, just kind of, like, make fun of my accent. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I tried to speak Tagalog, <laughs> they just stopped. Um, then we didn't really have a lot of family that was close by. I don't know. We moved pretty far from each other. So I've had friends. I've, I've got family in Winnipeg, and I've got family in Vancouver, and I've got family like in northern Alberta. But it's really hard to get everybody together. I don't know why. No, it's okay. We used to get together a lot more when like my grandpa was still alive, mm-hmm. or my tatai. Um for like all the wedding anniversaries I could just tick them off and mm-hmm. we go but now he's been gone for a while and it's like I haven't been back in years mm. so yeah. I'm pretty disconnected honestly yeah I used to feel really jealous because uh, I've got two friends and they both have pretty much all their family here like their aunts their their grandparents um yeah and their cousins and like literally it's just been me my parents and my two brothers yeah no it's like and I feel like so much of so much of the Filipino culture is just like family right Mm -hmm. very family oriented and I don't know I think like part of me kind of researching this stuff is just kind of I guess almost yearning for that family you know Mm -hmm. it's just like oh I need to like Maybe I belong somewhere. Like, where where did this call come from? You know, and just mm-hmm. like, 
Um, I don't know, just going way further back for family mm-hmm. than I've ever gone before, kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm uh, looking for some roots. Yeah, looking for a landing, a landing space. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I started off. Things that you don't realize as a kid, kind of thing too, like um, that just seems so second nature. Mm-hmm. like a little bit odd but like second mm-hmm. nature I don't know just the superstitions that would come out and everything mm-hmm. and finally just being one day just like hey I just have to, like what does that mean like what where did that even come from right right like what is the root of it all I mean speaking of that that's kind of like what I wanted to dive in today what experience did you or did you not have with folk healers superstitions medicines um okay so like not a lot in the philippines um and i think a lot of it was centered around the church i think in the philippines so but like even here what surprised me was like when i really started trying to like ask these questions like we have all these weird superstitions around like marriage and like women (laughs) 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 right it's just so those are ones that stick out because I was always like, no, that's not my bag. I don't believe that. But mm-hmm. okay, what do you? Yeah. Right. Um, but like when I started really asking, like some of my memories when I'm younger, like I do remember going to, I don't even know what the Tagalog This is so bad. Um, Manghihilot, I think I'm there. Is Mang- that what Yeah, Manghihilot. Okay, okay. What is that? Keep it in. Keep it in. remember like an older lady I don't know why we were there I don't even know why we were there dude it's just like I remember warmth and I remember it's just like sensations almost and just Mm -hmm. like I I remember hearing prayer Mm -hmm. and the smell of coconut oil (laughs) you were were about to be cooked (laughs) I know (laughs) like delicious no but like those are the those are the things I remember and I just no, I, I remember massage being a part of it, but then, like, also that, like, like a prayer, mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that warmth, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I tried to ask my mom, but she's like, no, she doesn't remember exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, they used to go. We had some knees as a family, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, my auntie, mm. when she hurt her knee or something, she went to this person. So we were like, the Catholicism is just, like, sprinkled in there, right? But I don't think it's just sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's true never mind <laughs> could you describe the relationship between your Philippinex identity and faith slash spirituality oh god lapsed catholic like i just don't even i can't there's just so much trauma attached there mm. you really want to unpack that's like a whole different show dude like i don't know um huh. I think maybe that's why I kind of 
didn't really delve into what it is to be Filipino until now is because I, I think like the whole like the Catholic guilt thing is mm. strong. Mm-hmm. It's just like and it, I, I don't know, I just saw, saw so many examples of like a hypocrisy about all of it like when I was younger um, that I just and like things that I couldn't meld with and just like I don't know there's so many scandals with the yeah. church right now and it's just it's hard to identify with something um that I feel kind of like obliterated part of our culture honestly mm-hmm. even though like it's embraced so heavily and everything like that but I don't know like it's a lot of it's a mixed bag of feelings a couple of things too like when I was growing up I don't know I'm sorry I, I need to go back to this because it's just but I never really thought about it until I read this one I can't remember the article I wish I could pull it up for you but um it, it just says like things like healing with spit and I'm like oh my god like grandma suddenly makes sense all of a sudden oh my god like doesn't everyone heal allies with spit like I distinctly remember like hurting myself and grandma just like you know gonna lose you out <laughs> like rubbing it into it <laughs> I don't know if it came with a prayer right? but like it I don't know and my mom's done it before mm. like, like you know like spit and just, but I was like oh yeah that's just how grandmas do I've, right? I've heard then, of that I've heard of that you but, heard of that but my grandma would just she didn't do that she would just pour iodine all over everything yeah on everything (laughs) so like those things I've heard of but my grandma who is very very strong in her Christian faith never did any of that really oh okay no I'd say art like my family is pretty Catholic too but yeah definitely the spit more so my grandma it's it's interesting that you say that your family was heavily Catholic and still practiced those little things like what do you think that that's about I don't know I think we were witches (laughs) (laughs) I was talking to my mom the other day because I'm like man I like the spit thing I was just like oh my god that was like passed down probably like Mm -hmm. from ages and ages ago and if that's like going way back like all this other stuff that they do really makes sense all of a sudden. What kind of messages did you receive about um, about witchcraft, about rituals and, you know, herbal medicines? What kind of messaging did you get while being involved in a heavily Catholic family? Again, like, my mom would always be excited when she could do something like that. Um, I don't know, it never really came up. I don't know, it's just something I never talked about, right? Because it's just like, oh, they wouldn't, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be into this, like, or it'd probably be wrong. But that was maybe from my own perceptions of what, mm-hmm. you know, Catholicism was and, or what it wasn't, mm-hmm. right? So until now, like, but it turns out she's super excited about it and she brags about it a little bit. It's like, I love that. Um, I know, right? Like, she'll tell me stories about how, like, the same old stories. Mm. <laughs> about how she was at a bus stop and the wind picked up and these boys, like, got stuff in their eyes. And she's like, come here, come here, sit down, sit down. <laughs> <And she laughs> just rubbed it 
rub their eyes, she'd whisper a little something, you know, like, uh, and that's the thing, like, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, like, and then all of a sudden it'd be gone and they'd be looking at her in awe and be like, oh my God, get away from me, you crazy old woman, <laughs> <Are> you? <laughs> oh my God, the power of Christ compels like, you. <laughs> Oh my God. And mom will be on the bus and she'll be like, Oh, someone has the hiccups and she'll take something from their shirt and she'll turn to the side and then she'll put it on their forehead and stuff. And all of a sudden the hiccups gone, but are they like afraid of my mother? Oh. <laughs> what the hell is this tiny Asian woman doing? Oh my God. I didn't ask her to touch me. Why is this wet? I don't know. It's like when you talk about rituals and stuff and like, prayer I mean like isn't that essentially just like spell casting really <laughs> like you're just yeah you're what you want to do into words and like I don't know so we've got like we have like these family rituals and prayers and stuff and but like none of it's actually again um imbued with Catholicism heavily mm. and like some of it's in Latin yo like uh I don't know how <laughs> far back we go like how we had to please our oppressors, like to, like be able to keep these family traditions alive. But yeah, they're still passing it down, and they got it from my grandpa's family, and he got it from like his mom and dad and stuff. And so it's really interesting. I I I'd like to know how like stuff changed. They're mostly protection, right, and warding things off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My mom's family, like I'm pretty sure, we're witches. Like, yeah, it sounds like. <laughs> It sounds like your your folks have a very powerful lineage. I don't know. Like we'll see. <laughs> like can I can I harness any of this? Mm-hmm. Well, where do you want but, to take that journey when when like us... I, I don't even know. Like I, I just find it just reassuring, right? That like there's some sort of ancestral inheritance, right? That mm-hmm. like I can I can feel tied to. Yeah. Like, even if I never used to really have a sort of Filipino way to be, I guess. So it, it's comforting, that's mm. for sure. It feels... It feels like home, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's never really been something that I, I, I felt like in Filipino culture. Mm-hmm. Around, like, other Filipinos even, you know? <laughs> oh, so, yeah. It just felt so foreign when, like, it's a part of me. You know, and it's always been this weird, like, separation mm. that I've never been able to explain. Or... What is your full name and pronouns? So my name is Daphne Budaz, and my pronouns are she, her. Do you know what ethnic group or region your family is from? Yeah, so I belong to the Igorot. Um, So we're from the mountainous region in the Baguio area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's as much as I know, really. (laughs) And what is your favorite OPM song? Favorite OPM song? (laughs) so difficult mm-hmm. i don't really listen to opm but um what's it called ikaw atako by moira is the one that pops up in my mind right now 
Yeah. So she's a she's a modern she OPM is. girl. I can't remember <laughs> the names of the other ones. So first question is, what experiences do you have with folk healers in the Philippines? Or maybe you have or know someone in your family who has experiences. With folk healers? Yeah, like uh, mm-hmm. Mangagamot, Manghihilot, all those mm-hmm. types of healers. Yeah. I think... Personally, I haven't had any experiences or I don't remember any experiences uh, like that specifically that my parents have told me. Um, I think in my family, we relied on more like church sort of advices when it comes to spiritual or unexplained like causes of illness and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, my parents really didn't mention any like reliance on folk healing but I know um one of my close friends have visited um like folk healers back in Philippines just because of strange illnesses that were Mm -hmm. unexplained and like most of the advice is that they give is usually surrounding folk tales that we have in Philippines like Mm -hmm. um what was it specifically um like especially like around ghosts and and all those spirits they would also they would always have like a a solution like you have to give offerings in specific parts of the house and like Mm -hmm. apologize go back in your memory and like think about what happened in the past like did you offend anyone or anything by accident and yeah so I don't have any personal experiences but I it's all like hearsay to me how how did you react, whether externally or internally, when you heard about it? Yeah, so I guess my initial response is skepticism, right? Um, but I'm a very superstitious person, so I'm more open to <laughs> these types of things. Like, I'm very interested in, um, like, what witch doctors have to say and, like, alternative perspectives on a situation like not everything to me can be explained by science or um, there is like I believe that there is some merit to traditional ways of healing and spiritual um, ways of healing Uh, but yeah like my first reaction to it is skepticism right just because like Mm -hmm. that's how I was raised but Um, because I'm open to it I like to listen and like infer based on what they're saying they experienced and based on like what they were quote-unquote prescribed by folk healers Mm -hmm. and yeah it just it it interested me mostly so like doing more reading on it and research not that I did too much but um, yeah I just like I'd like to see the root of where those things came from so as much as like i can google which is not much um <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. that's what i was yeah <laughs> they're so little i know it's so it's so sad like i was trying to search up some history on like igorot and whatnot too and there's like nothing you'd have to go back all the way to like up or something a library in philippines to find mm-hmm. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that's an expensive trip just to read some records that might not even be complete. I know. <laughs> and it's like not written by us as well. It's written by yeah. colonials and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's another layer of it where it's like how much of this is coded in colonialism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, what is your what is your earliest memory of mythological creatures, and which of them scared you the most? <laughs> so my earliest memory, um, the ones that are most vivid to me, and I think it's because they scare me the most, are of Mananangal. <laughs> Those, oh my goodness, at night. I don't know every because my I lived with extended family, so we'd have a range of children and teenagers living in our household. So the teenagers mm-hmm. loved messing with us when we were like two years old up to like seven years old. So they mm-hmm. would always tell us these stories and like bring us to the basement and try to scare us like, by sharing <laughs> these stories. So every time we walk outside, they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, don't look up, don't look up, the men and the they're gonna get you." <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, it's that's <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's that's, that's the experience I've had. So that's what you get when you have older siblings. <laughs> that's true. But okay, so if for those who are listening and might not know what a mananangal is, like how was it described to you? How were they introduced to you? Like Mhm. So there's different variations of mananangal. Uh the ones that I was told orally uh by my family is that they're um well all of them i think have half bodies so they Mm -hmm. are like they have a human type body during the day but at night they transform and they have wings so the top half leaves the bottom half in search for humans to eat and that's what leaves them weak and exposed so if you want to try to get rid of mananangal you have to like either like drive a stake to the bottom half or like put salt on the wound or turn it backwards so they can't match on their body Mm -hmm. um but yeah the ones that they've told me are like the ones that eat babies from pregnant (laughs) women you know yeah yeah so like I never slept on my stomach when I was a kid because I was so scared (laughs) even though you had no chance of being pregnant (laughs) just the idea of like a mananangal looking down and like finding a hole in your roof and then dropping its tongue down and like going into your belly button even if you don't have kids that's like (laughs) terrifying yeah might as well like be uh be safe and sorry <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my god yeah no i would say that the mananga scared me the most because that's the version that i um like learned about and like how i always picture them they have like ratty long hair mm-hmm. and they're like super ugly and have warts all over their face yeah um i mean there is like versions where they're supposed to be super beautiful right during the day i've never heard of that version oh really okay well i i always heard that oh i just thought that they were like these like grouchy old women that (laughs) are secretly like vampire baby bats 
Yes. So I feel that. Um, <laughs> what uh, types of like what type of warnings did you get from your elders? So, for example, um, the, not going out at night because of mm-hmm. blank creatures coming to get you. I feel like all mm-hmm. of them kind of just go that like that. Like every single warning is just like, don't go out at night or else this <laughs> is going to eat you. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of that. There's like, um, yeah, don't go out at night. If you see like a black dog or pig at night, um, that's not a dog or a pig. It's something else that's supposed to lure you. So you're not supposed to, um, not supposed to like follow it or even look at it. Um, there's a lot of like, don't listen to random voices. Like if you hear a voice you don't recognize, don't don't listen to it. Um, and I think that's like that one was at any time of day. And yeah, I think that one was more tied to spirits and ghosts, things that were trying to possess you. Um, there was one that my yaya told me, and I think now, I think it was just a ruse to get us to take naps during the day, (laughs) but she's like, yeah, she's like, there's a, there's a witch that comes out at like 3, 4 p.m. So you you have to like hide, you can't show yourself. So we'd like be terrified because we want to stay out all day, right? Yeah. And play games. So that's her way of making us come inside and like eventually get bored and fall asleep. <laughs> that one, that one is like, hmm, I'm skeptical of you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I wish I could do that at work, but there's no <laughs> creatures here <laughs> that I know. I of. know, it's so tragic. <laughs> um. um and there's like the the more verbal warnings or not verbal like um like the daily practice ones so like when you're walking in like the forest or something you say tabi tabi po um and like when you're knocking on someone's door you say tao po to make sure that they know that you're not a spirit mm-hmm. right so interesting like i find that uh out of all like folklore i've ever heard of i would say and i mean like i haven't heard that many not that i'm well versed but like i find that our folklore is like super interactive with human beings (laughs) Mm -hmm. um because like there's things that you have to do like when you're going anywhere like the tabi tabi po thing like when I think of that I'm like but like I I feel like I should just be chanting that the whole time I'm going on a walk because like (laughs) how do I know if like this isn't like a mound of for a duende like how do I know that this right like I just have to keep saying it under my breath like i'm gonna look insane if i pass by someone and i'm just like that's so funny yeah actually even like when i'm here where it's not a practice if i step on a mound or something i'm just like oh no i'm so sorry oh my god 
did you uh like did you hear any other like superstitious advice when you were growing up like not necessarily with spirits uh but maybe like with rituals uh on like major holidays Mm -hmm. like the new year's um well yeah there's actually now that I think about it so like um there's a lot of like on New Year's, we always make sure like to clean the house and make it spotless and like have all these fruits and food and celebration and like fruits mm-hmm. and all like that stuff, especially just because you want to go into the new year healthy and like the the mm-hmm. bounty that you bring into the new year represents like your health going into the year. Um, there's also like mm-hmm. we used to jump right at midnight like continuously because we want to get taller (laughs) and if you're jumping at new year's you're gonna get taller that year (laughs) erica said that too (laughs) it didn't work clearly it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) um there's also like uh we'd have containers full of change coins and we'd shake it and run around the house Mm. to scare away all the spirits and evil things that are dwelling in the house on new year's um so yeah it's just like a huge celebration you see crazy people jumping with coins in their hands trying to scare the spirits (laughs) um yeah i've also heard like i didn't know about this one but uh you serve like pancit and spaghetti on birthdays but yeah, I yeah, started to so hear about that. When you do that, it represents long life. So you're not supposed to cut the noodles mm. when you're serving it. Unless you have exactly. a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> then you do it. Happy birthday. <laughs> May this one be your last. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't know that. But that's why we serve a lot of spaghetti and like different types of noodles. Yeah. Mm. How did you perceive folk healers back then compared to how you view the practices now? Perhaps not just folk healers themselves, but but the whole the whole practice of it, the the the, the belief systems around it. Mm-hmm. I definitely growing up here, um, and you mentioned of like witch doctors, folk healers, spiritual healing. I would just be like, oh, yeah, like, 0% belief in it. Um, Mm. Just, like, don't even talk to me about it. Like, I know that Mm -hmm. stuff isn't real. Um, Just because, like, growing up with Western sort of ideals and values and, um, like, the school systems here focus a lot on science and being Mm. able to explain everything. So that stuff was always just, like, thrown out if it was Mm -hmm. ever mentioned but now that I'm older and like like the idea of um the world being mysterious and unexplainable and like kind of magical in a way um Mm -hmm. I'm more open to it and I'd prefer if those things were actually real and I enjoy being able Mm -hmm. to see that people do believe and like go back into those practices and respect those practices because it definitely was not respected a lot um, 
when colonialism was the big thing. <laughs> the, the hot goss. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the trend. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> on, on the explored page. <laughs> this just in colonialism. We're bringing uh, it back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What uh, what do you like if you could could you describe like what you find fun about it like um, that might be a redundant mm-hmm. question but maybe if you have like a different way of explaining it like what is the fun part for you? Um, I think the fun part is the fact that we might never be able to explain it. You know, like if you know everything about the earth and like what goes on Mm. and you're able to explain everything i think like that leaves nothing to imagination like it gets rid of creativity then like what's the point of like having science anymore what's the point of Mm. um having all these studies if we discover every single thing and are able to explain everything so i think the fact that it leaves a little bit of like childlike wonder is the fun part Okay, so what is your full name and your pronouns? My name is Erica Sisgundo, and my pronouns are she, her. Do you know your ethnic group or region that you or your family is from? Um, I grew up in Manila, but my dad's family is from Visayas. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Oh, Iloilo. It's from Ilo- uh, they're from Iloilo, so they're Visaya. And my mom is from La Union, so they're Ilocano. Do you speak either of those languages? I don't, but I can understand some Ilocano, mostly the swear words and the <laughs> funny words. <laughs> Who like doesn't? Dugyot, because that's what my mom calls me. What does Dugyot mean? Dugyot means dirty, like <laughs> Dugyot. Like <laughs> okay. Uh, what and what is your favorite? OPM song. Ah, oh, I don't know the names though. <laughs> you can do a snippet. Okay. What's the one that goes? Mama Hali. How does that go? <laughs> that was just one <laughs> word. I don't know. <laughs> Mama Hali. So my first question is, what experiences do you have with folk healers, or most people refer to them as witch doctors, in the Philippines? The one that comes to mind is like when I like, I don't know how, but I, I remember like hurting my wrist. I think I sprained it or something, but it was hurting for like a whole day. And like I told my grandma about it and usually like she would just take me to the doctor. But like this time, like she was like, just wait until like, like later on tonight, we're going to go to like my friend over here. Because she was like the, um, what's the... You know when you go to the Sari Sari store? She runs a Sari Sari store. Mm -hmm. But apparently, she's also like a manghihilot. So then she was like, at nighttime, we're going to go to her house. And then she's going to fix your wrist. And I was like, okay. And then I was waiting for the whole day because my wrist was just hurting for the whole day. And then like um, we went to her house at night. And then like when I came into her house, like... There was just so many smells and there were so many candles mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, um, all right. Mm-hmm. And then like there was like a lot of like candles and then when 
like she like gave she like, told me put your hand over here and then like i put it on her hands and then she started massaging it and putting oils on it and whatnot and then she was just massaging it and then like at some point like i realized i don't know what happened but at some point i realized my hurt my wrist wasn't hurting anymore you know when you're aware of your like pain mm-hmm. and you're like oh my wrist is just hurting but then like i didn't realize it's when it stopped hurting it just like stopped hurting all of a sudden or like i realized it just it it wasn't hurting anymore and i was like wow like i was just like so shocked because i was like i can move my wrist now and it doesn't hurt anymore and it just like happened like in like within the span of 30 minutes probably and she was just like i don't know and like i don't remember like fully but i feel like she was also like like humming kind Mm -hmm. of but maybe she was just like chatting with my grandma and i was zoned out i don't know but that's I was very young, so that's what I remember the most. But yeah. You don't have any recollection of your wrist hurting while she was massaging it? No, no. Like, it was only hurting. Like, so it was hurting when I was, like, before I gave it to her. And then after, like, I only, like, I only realized it wasn't hurting anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, like, that makes sense. Like, when you're, like, it's hurting. Like, that's all you think about. And then all of a sudden, your mind is, like, zoned out. And then you're, like, wait, my wrist doesn't hurt anymore. Like, isn't that weird? But, yeah, that's my experience. Is that the only time that your Lola took you to that friend? I think so. But we know her because she's our neighbor, though. Like, we just know her. But, like, she's just, like, the, the lady that runs the Sari Sari store. So we would go there, and then I would see her sometimes. But I didn't know her as, like, a healer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your earliest memory of Filipino mythological creatures, and which one scared you the most? <laughs> My favorite one is um, the, the lady that... Um, at nighttime, she gets cut in half, or she, like her body separates at the waist, and yeah. then she flies off, and then like she goes and eats um, pregnant women's babies, and that's her that's that's her thing. She just I forgot what man, manananggal manananggal yeah she's my favorite one. And then they told me that if you see half of a body in the forest somewhere, you have to put like salt in it so she can't come back to her body and then she'll die. Oh, that's okay. my favorite one. Why is it your favorite? <laughs> it's just so cool. Like, she can fly off at night. Like, she just flies off at night. But then she also eats babies and, like, fetuses, I guess. Her only flaw. Yeah. <laughs> She's perfect otherwise. <laughs> what, other, what other mythological creatures do you remember learning about? Um, do you know what duendes are? Duende? Yes, I remember. Um, I just know them as like little, um, they're not gnomes. There's another word for it. Like, they're just dwarves. dwarves yeah, they're little dwarves. And like, they live in little hills. Mm-hmm. And like, so when you see a mound of hill anywhere, whenever you're walking, you have to say, tabi tabi po, because that's their area. You have to like, excuse you have to excuse yourself because you're like crossing into their area so when you see a mound of hill whether it's an anthill or whatever and if you don't know like there's no trail you have to be like tabi tabi po tabi tabi po because like you don't know if you're like stepping on their house and then they could put curses on you and then like you could get sick from that like doesn't your parents like um like sometimes they're like oh did you go anywhere like in like um like a field or something when you get sick they're like did you go anywhere outside i've never been asked that. no my grandma used to ask me that whenever like i would get something or like i would get sick did she would she would be like 
where did you go play? Where did you go play? <laughs> wow. Yeah, she would be like, where did you go play? I told you not to go play there. That's why you got sick. And I'm like, okay. Can you describe the relationship between your spirituality slash faith mm-hmm. and your Filipinx identity? I feel like... Um, can't identify what like like I still I I guess I'm still figuring out what I believe in now because for so long I've just I I was like I was Christian so I've been like still um separating myself from that or like uh healing from that I suppose so like I still don't I'm still at like I feel like like at a limbo Hmm. figuring out what my what I do believe in and I feel like it's a mix mm-hmm. of what I grew up with and something else new entirely but I still can't figure out what that is mm-hmm. and like I feel like that's like very similar in the sense of what how I perceive my like identity as like as a Filipino because mm. I can't fully say that I'm 100% like I, I am Filipino, but like what I believe in and what how I think and how I perceive the world is so different from what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone else, like everyone who grew up here can totally relate because I feel like we've born our own identity. So I feel like that's what I'm doing with my own faith and my beliefs because it's just forming as I go and I still mm-hmm. can't fully say what it is Mm -hmm. so that's where I'm at (laughs) (laughs) because you're not like a typical like you don't fit into the identity like fully yeah and I can't fully say I'm Canadian either because that just sounds weird (laughs) it feels like I gave up (laughs) (laughs) it's similar to me (laughs) it feels like I've just given up the homeland and everything yeah but yeah like um, that mold Filipino I think a lot of it like spirituality and faith plays into it yeah like do you have uh, an idea of what you want your relationship to look like um, with being Filipino and your spirituality the more that we talk about this like um like like the healers the mangi like i kind of want to learn more about it and like read more because there's so much of it that's like embedded in my childhood mm-hmm. but it doesn't come out until i start talking about it and like i'm like oh that's not everyone had that experience or mm-hmm. you also had that experience do you know what i mean so oh the balloons um so <laughs> when so when we talk about it I'm like oh like like you like earlier like nobody told you what nabati means mm-hmm. like kind of thing um I just I don't know like I feel like I want to explore more of that and like there's like 
I, I like hearing about Filipino mythology. There's like, have you heard of the one where, um, like, the islands of the Philippines, the big three islands, Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao, they're actually sisters? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a really good one. I like that one a lot. Uh, or, like, it's a one person or something like that. Her name is Luz Vinin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, like, there's. I just. I, I swear I had books on this, but I just. Everything is gone from my head. Mm-hmm. I have to read more. It's Filipino folklore, and mm-hmm. it's just so much fun to read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there. Are there any. I'm not entirely sure what tomorrow entails and what this journey looks like for you, but I hope you're feeling even a little more ready to dig into what it means to be Filipinex. What once felt like an exclusive VIP club, I'm now starting to see Filipinex spaces as my home, and I hope you make yourself at home too. You belong here, and I'm glad that you are here. But anyways, do you have chismes for me? Come on. What's the Chismis is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory. Today's episode was produced by me, Nikki Mendiola, with wonderful support from my What's the Chismis team. A special thank you to my guests, Veronica Tamani, Daphne Budas, and Erica Siscondo for sharing a space with me in vulnerable conversations. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and on our website, whatsthechismis.transistor.fm. You can also connect with us on Facebook at whatsthechismiscjsr or Instagram at whatsthechismis. You can also email us at chismis at cjsr.com. That's T-S-I-S-M-I-S. Salamat! <laughs>